The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. Nikita Kucherov scores twice, and the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-1. Kucherov now up to 36 goals on the season. Connor McDavid held off the score sheet today. So Kucherov has the lead in the race for the Art Ross Trophy. He has 93 points. Connor McDavid, Evgeny Malkin, and Nathan McKinnon tied for second with 89. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you've had a great Sunday. It's 5.54. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. You can get us at 780-496-0063. This one started perfectly for the Edmonton Oilers. Ty Ratty scored 14 seconds into the game. Tampa Bay controlled the first two periods, though they led 2-1 after two. The Oilers ramped it up in the third period. They had some power plays. One power play in particular was very dangerous. They got seven shots on one-man advantage, but they couldn't cash in. The Lightning scored shortly after that, but then the Oilers still had couple more power play chances to get back into the game, including a 5-on-3 that lasted 28 seconds, but they could not cash in, so they take a 3-1 loss this afternoon. Final shots 40-30 in favor of the Lightning. Weren't sure what we were going to get today, Rob, with the backup goalies going at it. Louis Domingue against El Montoya. Both, though, were very good. Uh, they were very good, and, and once again, the Oilers think they're getting a break by not seeing the other team's starter, the other team's star. Uh, many who had thought that was going to win a Vesna this year, they get the third stringer, and he was excellent. And and you wondered how it was going to turn out from, you know, the first shift of the game, Dominguez comes out and misplays a puck, then lets in a goal from the corner as he's stumbling back to the net. As starter, someone that's been around a long time in the National Hockey League can overcome that, but someone that's a third stringer or even a backup, you're like, oh, is that going to affect his game? It certainly didn't. Uh, he was excellent. Uh, the, his best was in the third period on a, a couple power plays where the Oilers looked like they had three or four golden opportunities to pull within one, and he just kept the puck out of the net. So, And on the other end, uh, Montoya was good. Uh, he, he made big saves when he had to, and uh, we've we've seen a couple quality starts from Montoya in the last week, and unfortunately the Oilers haven't been able to take advantage of him. Yeah, just one point in those uh, as uh, Montoya was in net for the overtime loss against San Jose on Wednesday. Cam Talbot made 40 saves in the win in Florida yesterday. So Kucherov up to 36 goals, Rob, and you especially liked his play on that power play goal early in the second period really proved why he's become an elite scorer. Well, he is. He's, he, he's a smart player. He puts himself in the right position, and when he gets the opportunity, he puts the puck in the net. And, and we saw a couple different ways of doing it. One was a, a, a play from behind the net from Stamkos, and he has to go cross-body and an absolute beautiful shot. Montoya's in position and, and gets beat simply because the shot was too good. And then the other goal that he scored, uh, he just coming in in a scramble just hanging around the the blue paint and putting the puck on net. And that was right after the Oilers had had a ton of good scoring chances, had a big, you know, in front of the net. They had shot after shot and nothing went in. Same thing comes down in the Oilers' end and it somehow squeaks through. So Kucherov has a big night tonight. It was a head-to-head match between him and McDavid. And I'm sure both guys were up for it. Kucherov was the one that benefited the most as he scores a couple goals and moves a few points further ahead of Connor McDavid in the scoring race. You liked what the Oilers were doing, and we haven't liked the Oilers' power play a lot of nights this season. First of all, it's rare for them to get more power plays in a game than their opponent. They go 0 for 5, the Lightning go 1 for 4, and the Oilers, I mean, did have chance. They were outplayed through 40 minutes, no mm-hmm. doubt about that. The, the big advantage in shots for the Lightning, 30 16 through two periods, but Montoya kept the minute. And then they were able to come up with a little bit of a push. They, they did get a power play off an, an unusual penalty call. We don't see the face-off violation called uh, a lot, but the Oilers did get a chance there. And that one power play in particular, they got seven shots on goal, had the puck all around the crease, were finally shooting. Uh, Domingue made that one great save on dry settle. Nugent Hopkins had the puck right in the goal mouth. Looked like Domingue just got a piece of it, and then, and then it went wide. So So flashes of it, but 
some good puck movement and shooting from the power play today, but they still can't find the goals. And they, they did a, a little bit of a tweak in the third period. Lucic came off the power play, Nugent Hopkins went on, so they put their five best offensive players on the ice uh, to try and create something, and they did. They moved the puck around well, they took the puck to the net, they, they had about three or four flurries in front of the net where you're thinking, okay, it's got to go in this time, because it's the Oilers' best players with the puck on their net, with the puck on their stick four feet from the net, uh, weren't able to do it. I, I, I did like the way they moved the puck around. I probably would have pulled my goaltender on the power play late in the game, especially being down two goals, you know, make it a six on three. Uh, they didn't do that, uh, but this, it was almost, and we talked about it during, it was almost uh, a carbon copy of so many games we saw last year where the Oilers were outplayed early, their goalie gives them a chance, and then in the third period they get their power play and it capitalizes for them. The problem for the Oilers this year is their power play has not been capitalizing. They've had good some good opportunities as of late, but it's still a, 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 an issue where the puck's not finding the back enough of the net enough for them to secure some more points in the standings. We, we've taken a lot of, uh, I mean, the the big individual player theme I'll probably remember from this season 10, 15, 20 years from now is this is the year Milan Lucic had the long goalless drought and mm-hmm. then scored, and now he's, I guess, what is he now, 1-36? in 36? I believe it's, it's almost that, yeah. half a year with a goal. And we've taken a lot of questions. Why is he still on one of the top two lines? Why is he still on the power play? Well, now the last two games we've seen his five-on-five ice time limited. He played about ten and a half minutes yesterday. He plays only 12 minutes today, so he's basically getting kind of third-line mm-hmm. ice time now. And he comes off the power play no longer that net front front presence. The interesting thing is instead of putting a Jujar Kara or a Jesse Puliyarvi there, a guy with a bigger body, uh, they, they, they opt for a guy with vision and hands, Nugent Hopkins, to go fill into that role. Yeah, I- the big guy is good because it blocks, you know, the sight of the goaltenders when you're a shooting power play. The Oilers aren't a shooting power play. They like to pass right. and get the pretty one. So having the big body stand in front, uh, it's not as, you know, impressive for them. And the one thing that the having a Nugent Hopkins on the ice instead of a Lucic is, is A, you can move any of the five guys anywhere in the offensive zone because they can make plays every one of them. They all have, I mean, Nugent Hopkins can shoot as well as he passes, but the other thing is puck retrieval. When there is a puck that needs to get uh, a 50-50 chance and you're racing a Tampa Bay Lightning player for it, Nugent Hopkins has a better chance of winning that battle than Lucic. He's quicker. So, the puck retrieval, I I, I like the fact that Nugent Hopkins was there, Uh, and obviously, the Oilers give them a little more free reign because the the last power play the Oilers had, Clefbaum um, Drysaddle and McDavid all stayed out for the entire two minutes. Right. So they are loading up that first unit, and we're going to live and die with them. So you stay out as long as you want, take your <laughs> opportunities, and hope it goes positive for you. Unfortunately for the others, they weren't able to capitalize. Our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The power play had 14 shots today. The Oilers had 14 even strength shots and a couple more shorthanded to get up to 30. The Lightning had 40 shots on goal today. The Oilers are starting to get outshot more often than not lately, which is kind of a reverse of the trend we saw earlier in the season. Well, part of it is probably where they are in the standings. Um, And they're playing against teams that are better than them, and I think it's finally sunk in that, you know, this. okay, what do we got, 10 games left? Okay, we got nine games left. Uh, yeah, the, the effort will be there, but it's not the effort that maybe if we were fighting for these points and we were desperate for them. So that's probably part of it, just, just where they are in the standings. And other teams that they're playing, the desperation is more. Tampa Bay's desperate to stay ahead of Boston in the standings. Florida yesterday was desperate to to climb back into a playoff race. So the Oilers' desperation level isn't as high as the teams are playing. Lightning beat the Oilers 3-1. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Right now, let's go back to Amelie Arena, and here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Today, one of those games, it's kind of all about special teams, penalties, uh, a power play that did just about everything but score a goal. Yeah, we can talk a lot about the uh, the chances, the shots, the looks we had, but it's still got to get a goal. And um, you know, that's been the, the tail of the tape a little bit with the power play. I think we had 14 shots on goal and a number of missed attempts or opportunities. But, um, you know, I think that's part of the game, the five-on-five game. They did a really good job of checking. Uh, when we lost Sakara, they kind of smelled blood and went after our back end a little bit quicker. And, um, you know, they're right now they're a better team than we are. And uh, we see the work that we have to do to uh, 
to, to catch up. Um, it can be done. It will be done. Uh, but at this point, uh, both teams played back-to-back. I thought they had a little more in the gas tank than we did. When you look at the power play, I mean, you were all over their net. Uh, lots of chances, lots of shots. Is it just bearing down or what could be done differently? In well, you, you ask your players to bear down and, and um, you know, hit the empty net or find the hole. Sometimes it's asking them just to relax. They've said this earlier in the year, a lot of them have scored 50, 60, 70 goals throughout their midget junior careers. They've done it before. Some of those are players that are on the ice are the best in the world. And sometimes it's just taking an extra second and relaxing. I thought Kucherov did that on the second goal uh, for them. It, it popped out front to me. Just took an extra second, found the hole and put it in. And right now we're uh, squeezing the sticks a little bit in the, that situation. We're so desperate for a power play goal that when we do create the opportunity, we're not, uh, we're not finishing it. On a lot of nights, you're only getting one or two power play opportunities. Does that play into it, that you don't spend a whole bunch of time on the Well, it, you don't. Power play is a little bit about rhythm and, and uh, confidence, and when you only get one or, you know, call it one and a half a night right now, um, you know, your second unit doesn't get to go very much. It leads to frustration for them. The first unit doesn't get uh, a lot of rhythm. I thought tonight we had, at, had those opportunities, but a lot of them came late in the game. And... Um, you know, so it's it, it, it has to get better. The power power play has to get better. Our penalty kills improved. Um, I thought the goal tonight was a little bit unlucky, where we uh, we dumped it into one of our players and it popped right out front. But the penalty kills improved. The power play has to get better. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Well, the penalty kill has improved. Forty, despite allowing a goal today, forty-five for forty-nine. Mm-hmm. in the last 16 games. So that's now a fifth of the season. That's 90%. A complete uh, turnaround from, mm-hmm. from, from where it was. And it's helped, I mean, it's helped win games or get points, helped win the game yesterday. And, I, you know, I still thought it did enough today to, to give the Oilers a chance uh, chance to win. But the power play has absolutely been uh, mind-boggling how poor it is. Last in the NHL coming into tonight, uh, so it'll sink to about 14.5% after going over 5. I mean, it's shocking because the guy that runs your power play could possibly win the scoring title yep. and it, with no help of the power play. I, I again, I, I throughout the season, I said, okay, you know what? Eventually, it's got to click, and it, I, I'm I'm shocked, absolutely shocked. That is dead last in the National Hockey League. Yeah, I, I looked at this a couple of weeks ago. I should just update it. the The other top scores in the NHL by power play points. So Connor McDavid has 16 power play points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kucherov, well, and I got to add in today's. He'll he'll now have 33. McKinnon has 28. Malkin 34. Giroux 32. Stamkos 32. So uh, other guys in the top 10. Kessel 36. Crosby 35. Uh, I mean, Sidney Crosby almost has half his total points on the power play. Yeah, that's 30, 35 out of 77. That's because he gets to play with Malkin on the power play and Russ so they, five so out they, of five. So they help each other, <laughs> yeah. sure. But but McDavid has 16 of his 89 points on the power play. I mean, if the Oilers had well, even a slightly subpar power play, we'd be talking about McDavid pretty much already having wrapped up the Art Ross. Because well, he be, could have an extra 10, 12 points. And we'd be talking about the Oilers in a playoff race. Or, yeah, a lot yeah. closer, yeah. I mean, they, if, if the Oilers had not not even good specialty teams, if they had be- just slightly below <laughs> average, if they, were twi- if they were 20th... If they were in 20th in both, you're in right. In both, they would, be, they would probably be in the playoffs. They would, Or at least be, right now, we'd be talking about, and these games would mean something. And that, and that is not good power play or penalty killing. That is below average. But if they were 20th in the yep. league in either one of those or both of those, then we would be talking about important games here, the final 10. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a what-if, obviously. No, yeah, absolutely. But, but oh, I'm going to go down that road too, Rob, because the Oilers are minus, after today, they're minus 30 in goal differential. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if they had, like I said, if they were 20th, they might still be minus, but they're probably minus 8, minus 5. In goal differential? Well, no, they, if they were 20 in both, they'd be plus. Because, I mean, they're minus 30, so that's 15 less goals against and 15 goals for, more for. Yep. So they'd be, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, 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 15 more power play goals for isn't very much over the course of 80, 80 games. That's one every five, six. Yeah, I guess I had to count real quick in my head there. One every six. <laughs> we're making up One the more every the six games. But, so. the, yeah, the point is is how much the special teams it's, has cost them this year. The National Hockey League is a, a league of specialty teams and goaltending. If you are good in those areas, it will You'll overshadow, it'll yeah. overshadow everything else. If you're bad in that, well, that's going to pull down everything else. Yeah, yeah a team, a, a, a mediocre, five, like a bad five-on-five five team, 
probably couldn't make the playoffs with good special teams, but a mediocre five-on-five five team could probably sneak in with special teams. I mean, just comparing the two teams today, and Tampa had the second so t- best power play coming into tonight. So they get a goal today. Tampa now has 59 power play goals. Okay? The Oilers have 26. So there's a difference of 33 right mm-hmm. there between, on, between on the power plays. Teams. And now right. that's that you're not even talking about penalty killing. So now you throw that in, just think about the difference the Oilers would have in in their games over the course of the season. Tampa Bay has oh this is pretty uh, mind-boggling here. Let me just quickly do the math. Tampa Bay has had about 70 more power plays than the Oilers, one it, per game. Well, that that does help. And, and having played power plays in in my career, the more you have, the more and Todd talked about it. it. It is a rhythm thing. The more power plays you have, you start to get into a rhythm, and it carries over into the next game and the next one. Because, the, and you're around the team a lot more than I am. You don't have a lot of time to practice nowadays. Well, especially now they're not. Well, practicing. not at all. Yeah. And over the course, of you still don't have a whole lot simply because of the way the schedule's set up. And when you do, you can't put too much just on specialty teams. So if you get into a bad rut on your power play or a bad rut on your penalty kill, it's hard to get out of that unless you do it in a game. And if you're going games with one power play or you're going the next game with zero, it's really hard to get out of it, and that's what we've seen the Oilers do. 3-1, the Lightning beat the Oilers this afternoon. 780-496-0063. We have Travis hanging on. Hey, Travis, thanks for calling. Hey, Travis, are you there? Uh, Patrick, I think we might have to check that connection there because we just were getting... He sounded like a bit of a Cylon there. <laughs> hey, th- I'm glad you got the reference, Rob. <laughs> you're, you're old enough to get the reference. Uh, well, I'm old enough for just about anything right now, yeah. Well, and then they redid Battlestar Galactic a few years ago, so hopefully even our, our younger audience members got the That reference. was a good show, though. The, the reboot was great, especially the first I, couple of seasons. I never saw the reboot. I saw the original. Really yeah, well, the original was when I was a kid, and I was a huge... Well, I still like science fiction, but I saw Star Wars in the theater, and then Battlestar Galactica was on TV, and I was like, this is great. Oh, well, one thing, my kids... Kids are probably listening because they're driving home. They went to the escape room today. No, I got it. It's my kid's 17th birthday. My twins are 17 today. So happy birthday to my kids. This it's is, hard to believe I was only 13, obviously, when I had uh, them. This is Annie and Ben. Ben and Annie, yes. They're yes. on their way home from an escape room. If That is if they got out of the escape room. <laughs> That's right. They, could they might still be, still be in locked in there, yes. I think they do let you out after a while. They're, they're 17. Who's older? Seven. Ben is. Ben's 13 minutes older. Oh, 13 minutes, eh? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so, Ben's a bit of an actor, is he? Ben is, yes. He's in theater. He just starred in Les Mis back in St. Albert, and now they're doing The Village of Idiots at school, which I said he had an unfair advantage. <laughs> he knew I, was, I knew he was going to get a good part in that one. I thought he would maybe come back and say, hey, Dad, we're doing your life story. <laughs> uh, I guess we couldn't hear Travis, so we're looking for somebody to finish, though. He's calling in again. We'll try to get somebody to finish the play as well. The Oilers lose 3-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. No Japanese Village goal light today, folks, unfortunately. We turn that on on 630chet.com slash Oilers whenever the team scores five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. We're going to try Travis again. Travis, we were only getting bits and pieces of you, so do we have you now? You got the whole thing, hopefully. Yes, we got you now. Go ahead, buddy. All right, on. Yeah, no, I just... Uh... Just typical Oilers fan here, just a little getting ready for the draft, right? Like, is it time to start tanking or what? Well, I, I think that you'll probably see some, and with Sekera's hurt and Clefbaum's going to be out, they're going to have to bring up some inexperienced defense. I mean, And Russell. And, and we, and we don't know when he's coming back. Yeah. I, I mean, McClellan said, as a coach, his priority is always to coach to win the game. Mm-hmm. The players he's given, you know, who, who knows? They're, the thing is, they're... they're too far ahead of the the bottom yeah. bottom teams to wind up last or even in the bottom uh, three or four probably at this point. So, I mean, they'll probably have somewhere between the the sixth and eighth, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, nine best odds in the draft lottery, and then we'll go from there. And the thing too, a lot of I teams. Sorry, a lot of teams. A lot of teams late in the season bring up a lot of players from the minors and give them auditions. Problem for the Oilers, they don't have anyone to bring up. They don't have. It's not like they can say, "Okay, we're going to give these three forwards a shot." There's no young prospects that are forwards in in the Oilers organization. So it's not though they can they, they can't really do that as well. So 
but as a as a coaching staff and as a team, you have one one thought process. That's to win hockey games. That's what they're going to do. It's going to be tougher if they're going to be playing a few games without Clefbaum and with Sekra not coming back. You got to think that it was something that is more than just a you know a, a bruise, unfortunately. And you might not see him next game. That hurts the back end. Because now you become, as Bob and Jack talked about it, very, very inexperienced in the back end. Yep. I just wanted to mention there about uh, the the draft picks that are coming up this year. Like uh, you look at McAvoy, it took him one year and just like, boom, he's uh, like they're they're talking dowdy already. Like uh, how good he is. If you have you guys seen that Adam Bokefest kid? Like he is unbelievable right shot defenseman. I think he's gonna be better than Eric Carlson. And like. You watch, like, everything he does is just underneath the bar. His skating and his his poise is unbelievable. Yeah. And he's just very, like, manipulative with the, with the puck and just smart. And, like, who, who knows if that would take here? I'd rather try to just keep drafting here and uh, try not to trade the farm and see what we get. Like, we got all our draft picks still. Well, he's good, and obviously Dallin's going to be good. And the th- as I'm sure you know, Travis, they'll have to to move into the top three. They'll have to be one of the lottery teams selected, right? So, just their odds. Do you think? Just, do you think they'll go defenseman? It all depends what's available. Yeah, it depends how high they go up. I wouldn't be surprised because there's a whole bunch of defensemen that are ranked between what about five and twelve? I want to say, without looking at the at the rankings right now. So I think if they're in that range, they would probably go defenseman. I see Bokefest going number two. Like, yeah, he like might. He's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it could be. It could be Dallin, and then uh, and then him for sure. And there's another Kachuk kid up there that could go three or four. Uh, what's the Russian guy? Um, Svashnikov. Yeah, he could. He'll be up there too. So I don't. Yeah, know maybe if... they'll send uh, send Lucic for some surgery too. Maybe a lobotomy and maybe a body exchange. Oh, geez. Well, he. <laughs> he almost he almost got an assist today. He set up Strom with that shot off the pads, but nothing's going in for hey, Rob. Rob said, Rob made this point when Raddy scored from behind the net. Like Lucic must look at that and say, seriously, that goes in for him, and I'm hitting the post on open nets. Like it's just been mind-boggling, as I'm sure you're boggling well, I mean, well. Travis. R- Raddy's now played two games with Connor McDavid and has two goals and three points and three points. And Lucic played the last 36 games with. More or less, usually one of those two guys. I could score with McDavid. Well, it's a little harder than it seems, (laughs) but but it is it is uh, un like it's unfathomable. If someone would have said 36 games ago that we're going to play Lucic with Drysaddle and or McDavid, sometimes both, and we'll have him on the first power play, yet he's only going to have one goal in that time. I don't think there is anybody that would have bet on that. Simply if because you would in think front of the net, at least two are going to bounce off. His exactly, off and and the problem is there was a stretch there where he had he put a little stretch two or three games in a row where, where he he got he created chance and he had a ton of good chances, wide open nets, back doors on two on ones, in front of the net rebounds, everything that went against him. And then when that doesn't go in for you, then the frustration creeps in, and then the rest of it bleeds into the rest of your game, and, and, and you start uh, cheating or you start. Uh, losing the desire to play the the right way defensively, and, and that's and bled into his game. In. Yeah, and, yeah, and so that's what's yeah. happened with him, and, and it's hard to watch. Travis, you want to finish guys, the play? I'm out of here. No, you got to finish the play, buddy. Okay, hang on. Okay. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park. One night stays or long-term parking. Find your perfect match from five fifty a day at JetSetParking.com with promo code Jet. Here we go. Right wing lead pass, you've got Slemeshev rolling it toward the net. Bumped off a stick, in front, shot, save made by goaltender Louis Domingue. Off to Matt Benning, no sign of Andre Secre. He must be out for the rest of the game. Reach shot off the post from Yessa Puliyarvi. All right, Travis, Puliyarvi hit the post there. How many goals does he have this season, 11 or 19? 11 or, oh yeah, it's 11. Absolutely, buddy. Hang on the line quickly, okay? Thanks. That's Travis, 7804960063. Yeah, the draft, uh, we'll talk, if people want to talk about the draft, we can, but Rob and I tend to save that for a little later in the season. And and I know a lot of times people come up to me or you, Rob, and say, where are the Oilers going to draft? Now, when we were going into the McDavid draft lottery and it looked like they were going to finish uh, 28th, we could say, well, first, third, or fourth. Because mm-hmm. either they're going to win and get first, a team ahead of them will win and they'll stay third, or a team behind them will win. They drop one. And they'll drop one. Yeah. Now they could go up to either one, two, or three. They could stay, 
or they could drop down either. So now there's seven possible spots they could finish instead of three, and that could change a lot about who they how draft. You approach the pick. Well, yeah, or, or Dwight, Dwight. Yeah, exactly. So hey, it's kind of, we should have actually asked. Was Travis just called correct? Yep. We should have asked him. Like he knew. Quite, I mean, we, we, he was quite in depth with the draft. Well, picks those the are, so those are some of the top guys up there, like those two Swedish defensemen. But, but he talked about watch. He's watching them play, and so like that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, those, I don't he, watch a lot of Swedish junior hockey. Uh, no, <laughs> I was going to say something, but I was no, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> I, I know. What uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting as we go forward, and we're going to have us start talking more about draft picks and more about what the Oilers and Peter Shirelli is going to do going forward because there's obviously things that need to change between now and September. And uh, there's only so many options that Peter Shirelli will have to make those changes. Oilers lose 3-1 today to the Lightning. Kucherov with two. Ratty with the only goal for the Oilers. Hedman had the other one for Tampa Bay that actually deflected off Ratty's stick and uh, nailed right inside the post behind Al Montoya. One goal for Edmonton, $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 every time the Oilers score, and you can track the total on 630Ched.com. 780-496-0063. We have Doug on the line. Hello, Doug. Hey, Rob Reed. How's it going? Good. Yeah, great. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, uh, uh, obviously, we're into next-year country already as far as... Uh, you know, what's going to be coming back, what moves they may make, all that kind of fun thing. But at any rate, Rob, I've talked to you in the past, uh, going into the offseason, I know uh, management will sit down before everybody leaves and they kind of give them uh, what they want to see them work on, how they, you know, where they see them fitting in, uh, whatever the case may be. When it comes to Pooley Arby, um, you know, the, the kids got stuff there, there's no doubt, but... You know, I always hear Bob and yourself talking about putting a player in a position to succeed. And um, I'm just thinking going to next year, in my mind, wouldn't it make sense to, you know, Bouvari, go go play in the world, go home to Finland, have a little visit, whatever. But come July-ish, I think that's when it goes, uh, uh, last week of July, hook up with Connor McDavid, go back east to uh, Robert's camp, and, j- and just, just, just work with them, just skate with them. Just skate with them. Uh, you know, see what goes on, uh, judge his speed, uh, pick up any tendencies, anything like that, just to try to put him into a position to succeed. Now, I know you can't make a player uh, go somewhere or live somewhere that they don't want to be at. I get it. But wouldn't that make sense in your mind? To, yeah. If that's the guy you want to project to play with him at some time, hopefully next year, that you work out with the guy, uh, go to the same place that he goes to, I don't say you have to live with them, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. just, just be with them day in and day out and, and just to try to pick up anything you can. Well, you know I mean, a really good point. And, and a couple things on that. One, uh, I think it was my second year in Pittsburgh, they strongly suggested that I come live in Pittsburgh and work out there in the summer. Mm-hmm. And it was more not so much to get used to playing with Mario. It was more you need in better, to be in better shape to play at this level. And they wanted, I'm not sure they didn't trust me, but they didn't trust me, and they wanted me to be <laughs> in better shape. So I did. I went to Pittsburgh. And again, they can't tell you to, but as a young kid, and, and you're thinking, okay, well, this is where I want to be, and if this is going to help my odds of being here and being successful here. So I did. I went and trained in Pittsburgh. I went, went and worked with their coach or their strength coach for a month and then there was ice and that was back the one year Yarmer was in town and I, me and Yarmer or Yarmer and I and Jay Caulfield we would skate together so that was true and then the other thing too if you look at a lot of um, football players wide receivers we'll talk about that in the summers yep. or what the off season whatever their off season is they'll hook up with the quarterback and they'll go run routes with them they'll run patterns with them things like that to learn how he thinks where he wants you and the, some of the best like Jerry Rice used to talk about it all the time so that that is something yes i agree and the thing that they have more so now than when I played, and you mentioned Roberts. Gary Roberts runs a camp. There's a bunch of these camps around where the pros all get together and go to. And now the camps are more so, when I played, you went and you just skated. But now there's they have nutritionists there. They have the off-ice training, on-ice training. And, yeah, that is a great idea. And I, I would think that that would benefit Yessi, hanging around with Connor and... A bunch of other stars and seeing what makes them different why are they better at what they do now you can't become 
an all-star or a superstar, but you can certainly pick things up and find, as you said, tendencies, how playing with Connor McDavid and what can make me successful and how can I maybe take that next step. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Thanks, Doug, for that call. 6-23, Oilers lose 3-1 to the Lightning. And I'm glad you brought up the, the football story too, Rob, because I, I remember Mookie Mitchell used to play for the Eskimos, mm-hmm. Daryl Mitchell. He's still in town, and he told a story one night that each receiver... When he was playing, when when Ray was there, won the 2005 Grey Cup. So say Ray was really known for throwing those corner patterns. You know, a guy, receiver goes downfield, cuts at an angle to the corner. Each receiver would run it at a different angle, though. So he knew if he was throwing, throwing a Mookie or Jason Tucker, he's they're all running the corner. It's the same pattern, mm-hmm. but it's a slow. So how far is he going to lob the ball? Is this guy going to cut it a little shorter? So, yeah, little things that might make a difference in a game. And then in the Grey Cup, they had a third and four conversion to Mookie Mitchell in 2005 that well, helped them win, right? So all those little things that could go into it that you would never realize the work that was done behind the scenes. Well, and nowadays, the, the work that these players do in the summer is huge. And if you can get a, a leg up on anyone, because every year you get a year older in, in the National Hockey League, there's a new crop of young players coming up, either through draft picks from junior or from the minors. So if you can somehow give yourself that one little advantage so that that guy doesn't come steal your job, or that when you come to camp, I'm already in the, 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 the shape I need to be in. I already know what I need to do when I'm playing with so-and-so or that guy or this guy. It just helps you, and this is a business, and you want to stay in as long as you can and try to be as successful as you can. And I think, yes, he, he's got the tools. We've seen that he's, he's a big, strong kid that could shoot and, and skate. He needs to figure the game out in his mind. He's got to be able to think the game if you're going to play with a Connor McDavid or a Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, because we haven't seen it consistently with him. And to be blunt, we haven't seen it consistently with him regardless of who his center is. Absolutely. And, and I think that's part of the reason why he hasn't stayed with McDavid as his center is because the trust level isn't there with the coaching staff. Yeah, and, and his, be able to think the game. Like when you play with Leon or Ryan Nugent Hopkins or Connor McDavid, you have to think the game because they are two steps ahead of everyone else. Right. And if you can't think the game the same as them, you're not going to have success, which means they won't have success, which means the team has a less chance of winning. All right, 3-1, the Lightning beat the Oilers today. Our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The stars as picked by the media at Amelie Arena, Domingue, Kucherov, and Hedman in that order. So we always pick an Oiler, so it's... Uh... <laughs> I, I, I mean, to me, it's Montoya. He gave them a chance to win a hockey game. And when it's your backup goaltender and you're playing the number one team in, in the National Hockey League and playing in their rink on a back-to-back game, you've got to give them a chance to win. And I thought Al Montoya did. All right, and let's go back to Tampa. And here is Montoya. From ways and in waves as well. How do you feel kind of between the pipes? Uh, good. Um, you know, we we came out with that first shift, got that lucky goal. Uh, kind of, you know, we played them in Edmonton where it was a back and forth game. We didn't want to do that and came out here. I thought we weathered in the momentum and, you know, they got a couple bounces that went their way tonight and that's I, I think that's the difference. But that stick save on Stamkos, what were you thinking on that one? Just get big. I mean, the guy's, he's got one of the better shots in the game, so just take away, cut down the angle, let him take the shot, you know. I mean, with Kucherov, it was on and off his stick in a heartbeat, and then this much under the crossbar. You know, it was Which one? His first one. The, the, the one where we missed the puck behind the net and yeah, it just landed on his stick. On oh, list. I didn't even know where it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not one of his better ones. I think is one of his freer ones. Yeah. Was that on Miller on the open net? Did you get that with your skate or? Oh, with the open net. I think you know. Or then Miller Cologne with open net. It looked like you got it with your skate. It was. It's all a blur. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a hot building. It's just so many, so many shots. It's just forget them when they happen. I can't really remember that one. Where's your confidence level with your game? Because every time you've come in recently, like you're giving the team a chance to win. I feel good. You know, I I, I stick to my game. I, I I try to give the team a chance and. Like I've said before, this team can score goals, and that's that's fun when you're a goalie. You you, may, you go out there, you just react, make the saves, and, and let the team take care of the rest. Thanks, All right, that is Al Montoya. I can't remember most of the game. And he thought Kucherov got a freebie because he didn't see it. So if he would have seen it, <laughs> he would have stopped it. You know, it's funny. I, I know that there was some criticism earlier in the season because he didn't talk before games, which to me 
if you don't want to talk before a game, don't talk before a game. I'm fine with that. Just go stop pucks. But he's actually, listening to him talk after the games, he's quite funny, very engaging, and a good interview. It's, it was cool listening to him there. 780-496-0063. Henry is on the line. Hi, Henry. Hi. In watching the Oilers, I'm down in Mesa, Arizona. Who's our special teams coach? Well, all the coaches work on the special teams, Henry, so I, I, I've been asked that a lot. So they, they divide the responsibility. Woodcroft is more with the power play, and Johnson is more with the penalty kill, but to say that they're the only guy who works with that wouldn't be fair. Well, they're, they're not doing dead last niche. I mean, there's got to be some change made. The other thing, why haven't we brought up Lauren Fischoff? get him some experience and see what he can read. Laura, Laura is getting more experience in the minors. He's playing almost every game with the Condors. Oh. Okay. The last thing, there's no hitting for a second from our defenseman and putting somebody down. Everybody else, their defense, they knock you down. Ours is slapping each other with a stick. I'm not impressed. Thanks, Henry. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Lightning knock off the Edmonton Oilers 3-1 this afternoon. More time for your phone calls. We'll have more post-game reaction. Oscar Clefbaum sounds like his last game of the season. You will hear from him. Also, Ryan Strom. We'll check your out-of-town scoreboard. NHL action. Also, the Oil Kings finished their season today. And the U of A Golden Bears finished their season in style, winning the national championship 4-2 over St. FX. We were talking about, Rob, the guy that got the game-winning goal, Will Tomchuk, uh, second goal ever as a Golden Bear. Well, he saved it for the right moment, right? I mean, you don't want to waste them. Yeah, you don't want to waste any. He only had so many in him, so he wanted to make sure he used it at the right time. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, we're coming back after the news. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Callahan the steal. Between circles, he'll pull up, look for a teammate. Hit Stroman, wrist shot, save Montoya. Continues to be stellar. That's his 30th save of the evening. Montoya saved the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite RV dealership, now carrying motorhomes. Montoya makes 37 stops but takes the loss. Tampa Bay Lightning over the Oilers 3-1. Louis Domingue, the winning goaltender today with 29 saves. He was only beaten from behind the net by Ty Ratty 14 seconds into the game. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for joining us. It's 6.35. The last caller asked about Laurent Brassois being called up to get more playing time. I know we had a caller a couple of weeks ago saying don't play Talbot so much. Look, Laurent Brassois, since going down to the minors since January 10th, has 20 appearances in the American Hockey League. He's, he's getting experience. And, and I think we have to be honest here about how the Oilers see Laurent Brassois. I, I don't know if they see him as a future backup goaltender, given that they went out and traded for Al Montoya, and given that Cam Talbot had played in 72 or 73 games or whatever it was last season uh, when Brassois was the, the backup for, for about half the year. Well, and not only did they trade for Montoya, they traded for Montoya, who has term left. So it wasn't they just traded him left. for this year. He's got another year left. So uh, Brassois, this was supposed to be his year, and he was given opportunities early. And as we, we've talked about with Raddy coming up, with Puliyarvi on the wing, with Yamamoto early in the season, when you get your opportunity, you've got to seize it. Because if you don't, someone else is going to try and seize it instead. So, uh, Brassois, if he has any future with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, it wasn't going to benefit him sitting up here and playing once a month. He needed to play and see if he could get his game going in the right direction. I don't know. I agree. I don't know if, if he's in the Oilers' plans. I think getting Montoya kind of spelled the end of Brassois with the Oilers, but you, you never know. And I don't know what he's done in the minors. I don't know if he's had a good run or a bad run, but he's on a team that's not going to make the playoffs down there. So He's done okay. Yeah. He's had some good games, some, some down games, but I think you know generally he's done okay. Yeah. But you're right. I'm not sure if the Oilers see him as the, as the future backup here. No, I, I agree. And you're not going to play him down the stretch. He's... Uh, he, he's not in the plans this year, and I, I, with Montoya here, I don't think he's in the plans next year as well. So, Oilers lose 3-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Likely the last game of the season for Oscar Clefbaum. Here he is. 
and that maybe a bit of penalty trouble early kind of caused you guys not to be able to get into that rhythm? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we play a really good team here with a lot of energy, so we take three three minors in the first there. It takes a lot of energy, and they, uh, they play some good hockey there in the first. Um, we get a good job going in, in, in the third here. We get a lot of pressure, and, and we get some, get some momentum going with our power play, but... The goalie had a good night, and unfortunately, we can we can execute. But uh, that's life. Uh, we got to f- figure out to to win the next game here. Was it all on the other goaltender, or was there something that you'd like to see a little bit more from that power play? Yeah, we've been uh, our power play over the year has been we've been creating a lot of momentum, but we haven't found a way to execute, and that's what counts, right? So it hasn't been good enough, and and it's so crucial. Um, like last year, we were top five in the league, so um, we, we really need to find a way to, to score the important goals so we, we get opportunities like this. Is Al Montoya just giving you everything that you ask of him? Oh, yeah, for sure. He had a hell of a night. I mean, he made some saves that was unreal, so he, he kept us in the game for a long time, and uh, they won the special teams game tonight, and then, I mean, they're a good team, but we got to find a way to to be able to, to find the net. I mean, we, we do a lot of good things, but we gotta we got to find a way to execute. All right, that's Oscar Clefbaum. He told Jack Michaels pregame that he's uh, heading back to Edmonton. He'll have that season-ending shoulder procedure, so that's it for him. Sekra was also injured today. Didn't get an update. Russell missed the game with an injury, so we could see OV2 coming back in or, or uh, some other changes as we, move, as we move along here. By the way, with Montoya playing more than 30 minutes today, the Oilers will now give Montreal a fourth-round draft pick instead of a fifth as a result of that trade, there were playing time conditions uh, on that. So that's how that works. Yeah, I, I imagine when they made the trade that that was what they expected that they were going to do. And I think that they held out hope that if the Oilers stayed in the playoff race that they wouldn't need to use Montoya as much because they would be riding Cam Talbot with the fact that they're out of the playoffs. You know, you're losing a round in the in the draft, but... You can't just keep running Talbot out there. Montoya's got to get a chance to play, and you got to see if, if he is your answer for next year's backup goalie. Checking the advantage trailer rentals out of town scoreboard. Winnipeg leads Dallas 1-0 early in the second period. Is this another one for Line A, Rob? He is 42nd goal of the season for Patrick Line A, and I believe it was on uh, Lettinen instead of Bishop as Bishop got hurt early in this hockey game and he left. That would be a huge blow to the Dallas Stars if they got to finish the season yeah, he's without been, Ben Bishop. He's been battling some injuries lately, for sure. Hur- Hurricane, uh, the Hurricanes were the Oilers' next opponent, beat the New York Islanders 4-3. Trevor Van Riemsdyk with the goal, the winning goal, his second of the season. Flyers knock off the Capitals 6-3. Chicago leads St. Louis 2-1 early second period. The Avalanche pounded the Red Wings 5-1. Nathan McKinnon, two goals. He had just 38 on the season. And the Golden Knights shut out Calgary 4-0. William Carlson, a natural hat trick, now 39 goals on the season. Incredible. Yeah, great season for him. Uh, picked up in the expansion draft. I, I mean, I wasn't with Columbus when they were deciding on who they're going to protect, but I have a feeling that somebody uh, may be a little red-faced when he scores his 40th goal in the next game that he plays. Well, there was no indication he was going to do this. <laughs> I mean... Let's be honest here. Are are they red faced? Because how can you? Well, I mean, okay. you know what? There's some. There is His, some scout that actually because every every player that gets drafted, there's some scout that advocates for him, saying, you know what? This is my guy. Well, no, Anaheim, and they all do. Anaheim drafted. Oh, really? okay. They, then they some Anaheim guy is saying, you know what? I knew that we shouldn't have let him go to Columbus, so we eventually go to Vegas because I knew this guy would be a 40 goal scorer. I'd he, never heard of him before this year. Well, I remember him playing for Columbus. He had six goals last year, nine the year before. So he had 15 goals in 162 games the two previous years. He now has 39 and 72. He's a big-time gambler now that he's happy being in Vegas. Oh, jeez. No, I, I, don't, I don't know that for true. The Oil Kings beat the Calgary Hitmen 7-3 to close out their regular season, and the U of A Golden Bears won the national title, fell behind 2-0 early to St. FX before the nine-minute mark, tied it before the end of the period, scored in the second period. Jamie Crooks, who was on our face-off show, got an empty netter 4-2 the final there. So the Golden Bears uh, survive a couple 2-0 deficits in the semi and the final to win the national title. It's not how you write it up, but it's certainly a, a fun season for the U of A where they had high hopes going into the year, and it finishes off exactly how they had hoped. Well, they have high hopes every year. 
Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't follow it as much as I, uh, as well, I probably the, should. And Lazois three years. I think this was the best team they and had. And everything. So I'm good friends with some guys that are involved with the U of A, and they said that they're recruiting over the last couple of years had set up for this year. Yeah. They they were supposed to be very, very good this year. And it came to fruition as they are now national champions. You know who else is a champion? Uh, somebody from our face-off trivia? Face-off trivia, baby. Jordan, which Tampa Bay Lightning player won the Art Ross Trophy in 0304? Uh, Marie Saint-Louis. And he also won it in 12-13 with 60 points. Was he with Tampa still or was he with the New York Rangers then? Oh, he's no. still with Tampa. Oh, was Lockout he? Okay. season. He had 60 points. He's a two-time winner? Two-time winner. Pretty good. He's Only about... lightning ever to win it. Well, and and another undersized player. He was, what, about 5'5 five, five in a pair of high heels? I mean, like, he seriously he was not a big man, yet he was a very, very talented hockey player. So Jordan gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, courtesy of Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. It is 6.43. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 3-1 to the Lightning. You'll hear from Ryan Strom, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Thanks all for tuning in, 648, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers have lost 3-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Started great, Raddy scored from behind the net. Oilers could not find the net again. Kucherov gets two. Hedman gets one. The Lightning clinch a playoff spot. They get their 49th victory of the season. The Oilers slip to 31-36-5. and Oilers 0 for 5 on the power play. The Lightning 1 for 4. Oilers tons of shots on the power play today. 14 in all, including 7 in one two-minute stretch in the third period. But they could not break through. You know, a lot of stories for the Oilers this year, Rob, and that's uh, that's one of them. Just not quite the finish mm-hmm. that they uh, had last year, the execution. We have had, we've seen games where... You know, they've lost by a goal or two. No, tonight they didn't have more chances than the Lightning until the no. third period. But there have been nights where it's like, oh, they're getting a lot of chances, but just uh, not enough finish and not, not enough variety of guys finishing chances. Well, you're right. I mean, we the Oilers have been fortunate in the last couple of games. Ty Roddy's come up from the minors, and he's produced back-to-back games. But that's something that the Oilers haven't seen most of the year. It, it, at the end of the night, it's on the back of... Uh, of Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Drysdale, and if those three don't score a goal, uh, you're, there's no consistency from anyone else. A, a lot of players having, you know, really big underachieving years, and, and I know that a lot of people are talking about Milan Lucic, and, and that is true. But before he left Maroon, not having the season that he had last year, Cassian, uh, another player who both offensively and in the physical department hasn't been the player that they needed him last uh, they needed him to be like last year and then uh, a Slepeshev, a Kajula guys that they had hoped could become top 6 or at worst top 9 players have been nowhere near what they had expected them to be so when you're a team that uh, are in a 3-2 league and and you've only got 3 guys that have had any consistency at all this year it's hard to win hockey games, and you usually find yourself where you are in the playoff standings. Line A, his 43rd, 3-1 Jets, seven minutes into the second period, five-hole shot. And did you see that little touch pass by Ehlers? Like, he I, just glanced the puck to change its direction, so it went to Line A instead of going into the corner. I don't, because you're like, this I is your show. Like, you actually sit facing the TV, and I'm looking in a, a window and getting the reflection. So, Line to me, is left-handed. So, it's a little harder for <laughs> me to right. really understand what's going on. You got the mirror image. But you can always come sit on the same side of the desk as me. Yeah, yeah, I know, but then it crowds you over there. But but Ellers is another player, and you talked about him earlier in the season, and he's had a fantastic year in Winnipeg. And that's when when you have a team that has breakout years, when they over ex- exceed everyone's expectations, you have to have players that have breakout seasons. Yep. And we saw that last year. So many players had bigger seasons than they'd ever had before. In the Cassians, the Latestus, Dreisaitl, uh, a number of players. And you're like, okay, great. I mean, this is going forward. But sometimes those overachieving seasons are one-offs, and that's what we've seen this year with the Oilers. Some of the guys that they counted on being, continuing doing what they did last year, and maybe improving on it, haven't done that. And that's why the Oilers are a team that is uh, now looking for possibly different players to fill the roles that they had 
and, and thought were filled by players that they expected to be here for, for a number of years. Is that the caller's name, Patrick? Somebody going by the name of uh, Rugged has called us in. Go ahead, Rugged. Hello there. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Right on. Yeah, I didn't catch the game today, but I was just curious. Do you guys see Ethan Bear maybe being in top four by the end of next year? Uh, and if, if, if he is, like $9 million on your third pairing? Well, A, I, I don't see him being in the top four. I, 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 I like what Ethan's done, and I think that uh, going forward, the future looks nice for him. I think there's things that he can do that the Oilers are desperate for. He's got a bomb of a shot. We've seen him to be very comfortable on the power play unit and being a right-handed shot, and when the Oilers, they like to set up on the left, the opposite side so that McDavid's on his off wing, that opens up the one-timer from Ethan Bear. So there are very, there's some big positives out of Ethan, but it, right now it's... It, it is not a lot of pressure for Ethan Bear playing because he's on a team where the, the games don't mean anything. It's a little different when you start the season over and, and all of a sudden it, the pressures are there, the stresses are there. You play under duress more. Um, I, I, I hope that there is a, a future for Ethan here. I, I, don't, I mean, I'm not even sure Ethan's going to start the season here next year. Yeah, I, I would think that he wouldn't. I think they'd prefer, prefer him to start in the minors next year. So, I mean, so yeah, I know he won't be in the top four, um, but there is a skill set that he has that the Oilers are desperate for, and because of that, he's got a leg up on other players when it's say, you know what, we need the power play to be better. Well, what can we do? Who can we find? Well, we've got this Bear kid who's shown... In his small sample size, he's capable of playing there. So that gives him an advantage over other players. All right, Oilers lose 3-1 to the Lightning. Back to Tampa one more time. Here's Oilers center Ryan Strom. Just kind of threw you off your rhythm? Yeah, you know what? We've taken a lot of penalties the last two games. I actually thought that our discipline's been good lately, and our PK's been going really, really well. But when you give a team like that some chances, uh, you know, they're going to capitalize, and they did on one, and that was the difference. We, uh, I don't know how much more we can do on the power play without scoring a goal, but um, at the end of the day, the special teams, they got one, we didn't. And um, in a close game like that, you need to find a way to bury in. Um, you know, credit to them, they're a good hockey team, but, uh, you know, we got to kind of find a way to get one on the power play there. Are you encouraged that... You know, it's not getting the puck in there, but you're generating that momentum. It doesn't seem like there's that much frustration. You keep coming in waves. Well, I mean, we got good players on our team. We got to just bear down. I mean, we haven't scored a power play goal on the road in like a month. So um, I don't think it's execution. It's not the coaching. It's not the personnel. I think it's just a matter of, you know, putting the puck in the net. So, um, yeah, it is certainly frustrating. I think, you know, we, we, we drop a game plan, we execute it, we do a lot of good things, we just can't score. So um, that was the difference in the game. And um, they're a good hockey team, like I said, and you got to capitalize on those chances when you get some power plays. And I think we're 0 for 5, and um, that's not going to cut it. Al Montoya, every time he kind of gets that chance to go in there, he seems to give you guys a chance to win, just a thought on his Yeah, he played great. Um, I mean, some of those point great a chances point blank he made great saves and um great saves and when you know what he gives us a chance to win and um but at the end of the day you score one goal you're not gonna win not gonna win against those guys so um you know we, we did a lot of good things and we've been playing some good hockey lately but it's a little bit frustrating i think a little bad taste in our mouth after uh you know all those chances in the third not being able to put one in you guys don't get a lot of power plays a lot of most games it's zero for one yeah. zero for two does that play into it that you just not yeah we talked about that before we, we just don't get many for whatever reason um i i don't really know why but and then tonight we have our chance and to be honest with you, sometimes it's frustrating. We don't look sharp, but I thought in the third we looked really sharp. We're doing everything you need to do. He's got to, got to find a way to score, and myself included. So um, it's certainly frustrating. I mean, they get a goal off a stick like that, and then they we go to rim, and it hits our guy, goes right to Stamkos. He puts it to Kucherov, and then we go pass through the seam five times and can't score. So that's just the way it is sometimes, and um, it's frustrating. But um, you know, we got to keep building, and um, it's definitely one of the things we want to work on. You know, heading into the end of the season here. Yeah, Oilers power play can't get them the big goal today. They lose 3-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Next game at Carolina on Tuesday. Faceoff show here on 6:30. Jet at 3:30. The game will start at five. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer this afternoon. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Lightning over the Oilers 3-1. Have a great Sunday night.